Those who would trade our freedom for the soup kitchen of the welfare state have told us they have a utopian solution of peace without victory. They call their policy accommodation. And they say if we'll only avoid any direct confrontation with the enemy, he'll forget his evil ways and learn to love us. Welcome back to The Shane Adams Show. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome back to The Shane Adams Show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Um, we got a lot. We got a lot to dive into. So I hope you're ready. Uh, one quick thing. My Instagram is going to be changing to promote this podcast more. I don't really use it. So for the people, like the following that I have, like 210 followers I have, um, you're going to see a shift to this podcast you can unfollow because i know my content's not for everybody and that's completely fine i understand i get it so what's been going on recently is joe rogan's been under a whole bunch of fire from the establishment uh for all his covid misinformation now they went out uh, uh, and found a they went and found a a clip of him and comprised it uh, of him saying racial slurs we'll get to that there's also an anti-mandate uh, anti-vaccine mandate protest in Washington. We'll get to that. We'll get to the shitty new co- news coverage that was done. And then we'll get to the truckers uh, protest in Canada, in Ottawa. So we'll get to it. We'll get to it. So like I said, really means a lot to me that you're spending the time to listen to my voice. And let's just talk some talk some government, talk some govy, talk some big brother, you know. So let's get into it. Okay, so first order business. Let's get to, into the uh, Joe Rogan misinformation shit here. Okay? Joe Rogan has responded to the backlash he has received over the spread of COVID misinformation on his podcast. If there's anything that I've done that I could do better is uh, have more experts with differing opinions right after I have the controversial ones. My pledge to you is that I will do my best to try to balance out these more controversial viewpoints with other people's perspective. Okay, I, I should have gave you guys a rundown. Essentially what's going on, uh, the establishment and everyone who backs it is going after Joe Rogan for putting out COVID misinformation is what they call it, right? Um, and so they're trying to essentially, uh, I guess, deplatform him and lower his credibility by saying that he's not really a reliable source as far as COVID information goes, like any sort of COVID information, which I can, I, I can understand where they're coming from, but it's the purpose on why they're doing it, which I'll get to in a second. Um, so one thing that's really funny is, you know how it has like a paraphrased statement at the bottom of all the news articles. It's like, Rogan, I'm sorry for Spotify drama. We'll try to balance views. Okay, you can look up the like the nine minute clip uh, on his Instagram where he what what they say he apologizes. He didn't apologize. He's just giving his thoughts on the the issue at hand, and uh, that's not what he said at all. That's literally he did not say those words. They just threw that in there. He never apologized for the Spotify drama at all. They're trying to make it seem like Joe Rogan's in the wrong, <laughs> so which he's not. Actives, so we can maybe find a better point of view. I don't want to just show the, the contrary opinion to what the narrative is. I want to show all kinds of opinions. 
This comes after several artists pulled their content from Spotify, prompting the platform to add a content advisory warning. He also left out the part where Joe Rogan was talking about how misinformation is such a skewed term now, because six months ago, if you said that cloth masks don't work, you were deplatformed. You had your shit taken down on social media. And uh, earlier on, when the first vaccines came out, if you said that you can still transmit the vac uh, COVID, even though you have the vaccine, you were deplatformed, which is, these are true things. Like COVID mask, uh, cloth masks don't do anything, and you can still transmit the virus even if you have the vaccine. So they have to completely go back on what they say all the time. It's fairly funny. So what, what type of mediators are, is CNN? They're not. They're just establishment-run media. To any podcast that feature discussion about the pandemic. Joining us now, cultural commentator and author of Zero O'Clock, C.J. Farley, and CNN political commentator S.E. Cup is back with us. C.J., Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, Nils Lofgren, did these, you know, forgive me, did these, these hippie artists affect the kind of change that they were after here by saying we don't want our music alongside Joe Rogan? The 60s are still alive. Yes, they did. They seem to really have influenced Spotify, Joe Rogan, to come out and say something. They didn't say much, but they did say something about what's going on because I think they, they may have um, uh, underestimated the power of Neil Young and Joni Mitchell. You know, back when I was a music critic, I actually talked to Neil Young and to Joni Mitchell. But one thing I found really interesting is that how much other artists would talk to me about Joni Mitchell and and Neil Young. They, they, they are the, among the most cited musicians in terms of people saying they influenced their work. So when they came out and said, hey, there's something about Joe Rogan's podcast, take a look at it. I think a lot of other musicians, a lot of other fans really took notice of it and now Spotify enjoy. Okay. To me, this looks like virtue signaling to Neil Young, right? This just looks like he's trying to uh, improve his credibility on the issue at hand because of something that he did that's completely irrelevant, right? So obviously these people have really like i i get it their their checkbooks are fat they I, I i if i was paid a lot of money i would say whatever the person paying me one wanted me to say you know i think i get it but what we have to do is kind of step away and look at what cnn actually is which is not a very reliable news source number one and not they're not journalists they push a narrative and joe rogan actually caught we didn't catch. He called out Sanjay Gupta, who works at CNN, for lying, saying that Ivermectin was horse dewormer. Like, that's just a flat-out lie. CNN never corrected themselves because they don't need to because they're a part of the establishment. If I put out some sort of misinformation like that, of course, I would have to apologize if I had a following, which I don't. I love you guys. I'm not saying that, like, no, I, I love you guys. But it's it's fairly funny that these guys can run whatever article whatever talking point they want and never never to get their feet put in the fire never because they are the establishment you cannot trust the government you cannot trust the establishment you cannot trust them so these guys yeah obviously this is just complete bullshit you can look at any cnn video and really pick it apart but this one in particular is pretty rough. Joe Rogan are taking notice of it too. I wonder, Essie, what you thought about this apology. I personally found it very interesting. What did you think? 
Uh, well, listen, I don't think Spotify took a hit to its bottom line, but it's taking a hit to its brand. And I think that's what prompted Joe Rogan to respond. Obviously, he's got his hundred million dollars and he's going to be fine for now. But I hold on. That was a threat right there. He's going to be fine for now. You know, like, obviously, this lady is one of the, the psychologically fragile idiots who bow their heads to whatever the establishment says because they're getting paid. So, yeah, let's let's move on. You know, listen, I think Spotify ultimately did the right thing here in publishing its rules for creators. Uh, it was kind of the wild, wild west before. And and also what will happen to create. So, here's my thing. The wild, wild west in media is the greatest thing ever because that's freedom of press freedom is the wild wild west i'm sorry it just is it might be lawless it might offend some people but that is what the wild wild west is like it's 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 perfect in that manner because you're not going out and inadvertently harming somebody you're not i that's the beauty of what social media should be which is a platform where everyone can come together with a lack of censorship and say whatever the fuck they want and anyone with the right mind who wants to believe whatever x person is saying can look it up and see if it's true or not but trying to remove someone especially like joe rogan who doesn't claim to be a doctor he's not a journalist who's comprising ideas from people who are very accredited like I, I understand what they're trying to do, and they're trying to push censorship, but this attempt is failing severely. At least it should be failing. It's failing in my eyes, as someone who's very anti-censorship. If they break the rules, and, and two of those rules are publishing uh, dangerous information and disinformation, and Joe Rogan sort of addressed that and what he'll try to do to, I, I think he said, balance that. Um, but the question will become for Spotify why publish or platform dangerous information or disinformation at all and again if that comes up again so i'm assuming what they're talking about as far as dangerous information is going because the one thing that they're really kind of pushing on in this vaccine misinformation bullshit right is like vaccinating kids okay Vaccine vaccinating kids is the like the in in my opinion the dumbest thing in the world, especially in the age that we are now, where we have the Omicron variant. When a pandemic is dying, when a virus is essentially dying out and becoming uh, less relevant, it slowly becomes more transmissible and less dangerous. It's like what history has taught us, and uh, but like saying that we need to hinder or attack people who release dangerous information. You could say anything is dangerous. Like it's proven that kids just don't really have the same effects to COVID as adults do, right? Like what was it? Some CNN ran on a statistic and they're trying to push it. It was like people under 30 have like 2500 of them have died from COVID since the start of the pandemic. And I looked it up 15,000 kids under the age of 30 die from car crashes every year so you're saying that like we can't drive cars until we're 30 like is that what you're trying to say no it's obviously pushing a narrative because it's like logic would say that covid isn't really dangerous to kids 
because I, I guarantee at least I I don't know a percentage. I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna ballpark a percentage, but I guarantee some of them had comorbidities like kids with cancer, which is a terrible thing, and they got COVID and unfortunately passed away. But trying to say that questioning the laws that your I guess your the people you that's paying your paycheck the laws that they're trying to implement and someone who's questioning it you attack them like obviously you can kind of see that so and their bottom line or their brand as it is a little now uh they might have to really take that question on in in a more full-throated way than they have you know i don't pretend to understand business and you know bottom lines and things like that cj <laughs> but what i do know is i can smell fear uh, i don't think spotify ultimately cared about not having Neil Young. They can be fine without Neil Young or Joni Mitchell, as great as the music is, but clearly they feared something bigger than Neil Young and Joni Mitchell. What would that be? Yeah, yeah you know, here's the thing, you know, they haven't really done much. I think they, they wanted to respond quickly to act like they were engaged, but the statement that Joe Rogan put out, it's interesting that he actually, in a statement that was supposed to be about how he was gonna combat misinformation on his platform in the future, he got a key fact wrong. He cited the song that he attributed to Joni Mitchell that Joni Mitchell didn't sing, Chucky's in Love. Okay, so first of all, that, that's a problem. I first think of all, first of all, they said like an, a video that he's supposed to put out, like literally that's what he just said, like a video he's supposed to put out to combat all the misinformation on his platform. What? Like you're just trying to assume what he's going to put out, first of all. Second of all, you're going after a very, very minute part of his argument trying to destroy him and discredit him because he misquoted a song misquoted a song so that makes his whole argument invalid like cnn please for the love of god just just please like i know i know there's so much money behind cnn and they will always be relevant but like please do better Please do better. I know, I know independent voices, like I'd, I'd like to include myself in that, will never win because they have the government behind them. But please do better. Like, please do better. <laughs> Got to do more. I think just saying we have a content advisory, just um, publishing your platform rules, just saying, okay, we're going to try to do better in the future and test some things out, is it maybe enough? to help, uh, uh, help stall the news cycle, but it won't be enough to really give people confidence in what people are saying in the, on the platform in the future. But CJ, if he's promising that he'll balance views, one, do you take him at his word, and two, what does that need to look like to actually be effective? Well, it should look like journalism. That's part of the problem here, is that there are only people who are doing the work of journalists and don't want to accept the responsibility of journalists. But that's literally what you guys do. You claim to be journalists, but you don't take the responsibility of being journalists. Like, literally over the ivermectin thing, right? They lied openly about that, never corrected themselves. So that's a failure of journalism, number one. And you attack who's people who are actually journalists, like Julian Assange, who's trying to f run, like, be alive, trying to live. And now America's trying to extradite him, right? Or trying to get him back. To probably torture him to death. These these people are so unbelievably naive. I think purposely naive because the the pockets are full. 
but they're so arrogant to think that they're actually journalists when they lie to fit a narrative all the time, literally all the time. That's kind of like a doctor, kind of like someone scrubbing in and doing an appendix operation and not wanting to um, wash their hands and then saying, well, I'm not really a doctor, so I don't need to do that. No, you got to scrub in. You got to, if you're going to do the job, you've got to take on the responsibilities of the job too. And that means balancing um, who you're talking to. That means checking your facts. That means being responsible about the misinformation or information that you put in your podcast. Number one, balancing who you talk to. You can, you can have a conservative podcast. You can have a socialist podcast. You can only bring on socialist or conservative people, etc. You don't have to balance shit. I'm sorry. There's no need. To, you guys don't balance your content. It's all left shit libs on here. You're a journalist, whether you want to say so or not, and you've got to take on those responsibilities. I think Joe Rogan would say he's not anything close to being a journalist. He's not a journalist. And, <laughs> and does, and, yeah. It doesn't aspire to be, which is part of the problem here, is the definition of what he's doing and how people listen to him. So did, did he blink, SE? Did Spotify blink here? And does it matter? You know, he does this, he does this occasionally when there's a backlash to something he has said about COVID, for example, he'll say, I'm not a doctor. And, you know, I want, you know, he says it after the fact, and then he goes on to say more um, things that are untrue. Um, so he brings up, I I'm facepalming heavily right now. Like, I don't mean to tickle Joe Rogan's balls here, but he always fact checks himself most of the time. In his podcast, he does. He brings up shit in his podcast to prove a point. He does. Like, I find that very amendable, right? I find that very commendable that he's able to do that on his platform. This lady has no idea what she's talking about. Uh, but, uh, listen, he's not a journalist, and we shouldn't view him in that way. The way You we guys aren't journalists Tucker Carlson either. as a journalist. Tucker Carlson's own lawyers, right, at Fox News said... No one should take him as factual. This is entertainment. That's the content label people like Joe Rogan and Tucker Carlson should come with. This is entertainment. This isn't journalist journalism. And rather than bending it to fit into journalism, which I think is a lost cause and, and maybe even a dangerous one, we should allow them to just be entertainers. And that doesn't mean they get to spew nonsense and disinformation. That's without, what you guys do. You guys are entertainers with that then. But these are not journalists. We shouldn't make them pretend to be. The 60s are back. Oh, boy. Okay. Here's my thing. So CNN, completely wrong in what they're trying to say. Like they, they, I, I keep beating a dead horse here. They lie consistently. They're trying to virtue signal that they are better journalists than Joe Rogan, which is just not true because Joe Rogan actually fact checks what he says on the podcast. I, I get it. I get these people are paid very, very heavily to push a narrative. I get it. I understand. But one thing that I want to point out is I'm trying to play whole clips like this. This is like a six minute and 38 second clip to show the whole like conversation i'm not gonna i'm not gonna take anything out of context this is a real cnn video on youtube and it's quite hysterical to be to be frank with you and you can look it up for yourself so next order of business there was recently an an anti-vaccine mandate uh on washington in washington dc 
uh, during the Omicron surge. So um, one thing that's interesting is that they are trying to, uh, you'll see, you'll see, you'll, they make it seem like these, the American people, anyone who questions what the government has to say are the bad people. You'll see. Tonight, the vaccine battle reaching a fever pitch in the nation's capital. If there is risk, there must be choice. Thousands rallying on the National Mall for the Defeat the Mandates protest, featuring some of the nation's most prominent anti-vaxxers. Tried to get a burger <laughs> last night. We got turned away because we didn't have a proof of vaccine. The prominent, most prominent anti-vaxxers. I would have taken a part. I would have taken part in this protest if I lived anywhere close to Washington D.C. and I'm not anti-vaccine. Okay. So I don't know what their definition of anti-vaxxer is, but it's it's not what it should be. Nation card. I'm not anti-vax. I'm fully vaccinated, but not this vaccine. Main reason being is because it's quote unquote experimental. That's not true. COVID-19 vaccines are fully approved, more scrutinized for safety than any vaccine in okay. history. Okay, here's, here's the thing. Number one, that guy's argument was very fair. I'm not, um, I'm against this vaccine because it's experimental. It is, it's under um, uh, emergency use authorization. That means they just pushed it through essentially. And what this guy says is that, this vaccine is approved. It's approved by the FDA. Okay, the FDA killed thousands of gay people in the 80s for not greenlighting AZT. The FDA puts a lot of cancerous products in our shampoo. I think they like ban like seven different ingredients in shampoo when the uh, Europe bans 97 different ingredients in our shampoo. So the FDA is not really a good foothold in your argument to say that it's approved like that doesn't mean shit okay the fda is as corrupt as corrupt as the rest of them because they killed thousands of gay people in the 80s because the government well still is but weighs way more homophobic at the time so it's not a fair argument supporters say mandating vaccines is the only way to get life back to normal and to protect those most vulnerable but a new NBC News poll shows deep pessimism that may be hampering the vaccine effort. Seven in 10 Americans believe the country's on the wrong track. And 53% disapprove of President Biden's handling of COVID, his worst numbers yet. And just 45% say they're vaccinated and boosted. Everybody wants to say we're extremists, and all I can say is we're living in extreme times. Mr. Biden suffering yet another blow to his vaccine. I'm going to say this again. Questioning science is the greatest thing to ever happen to humanity, okay? Because if we didn't question science, we would think that the sun revolves around the earth, okay? I'm sorry, but the people, the establishment that tries to downplay and completely, practically criminalize people who question science are the real enemy. And number one, if... The government or its shit lib followers that think that, you know, if they listen to whatever the government might say, it's going to fix everything. In terms of national security, when in American history has national security worked? When have we ever pushed national security and have it not infract upon our rights? 
or infringe upon our rights, I should say. Because this is like saying, uh, okay, I'll get I'll get to it, especially in the next video. But I'm I'm going to use an analogy, and we did this during World War II. I'll move along. Push on Friday. His vaccine mandate for federal workers blocked in court. Okay. Obviously, we we are confident in our legal authority here. I mean, Jen Psaki's already a shit lib. Um, we we all know that, but we are confident in our legal authority here. Like that that is very 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 scary words to hear from the government. I can guarantee that they are going to try to go come after your rights when the government is confident in its legal authority. Across the U.S., a tale of two pandemics, one showing glimmers of hope in the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic as cases plummet in areas where Omicron may have peaked. In New York, once the nation's COVID epicenter, the governor citing a 66% drop in just the last two weeks. This is extraordinary progress. But in the South and the West, where Omicron hit later, a different story. Obviously, they're trying to push that like less unvaccinated areas are getting hit, hit harder, which is true, but that doesn't downplay canada's 85 percent vaccination rate and they their corona virus um cases spiked heavily in january you can look it up it's it's like boom then it goes up it is a lot it's like thirty thousand people a day we're getting covid so to say that the vaccine is the be all end all and this is the route to end the virus no because even if it's proven, especially in like in Australia and Israel and Canada and all of these places where there's a huge conglomerate of un, uh, of vaccinated people, the virus still surges. So it's irrelevant. Story entirely. One of cases surging, setting new records and overrunning hospitals. But Dr. Anthony Fauci says he's hopeful the rest of the country will soon see a turnaround, possibly. On a different topic, if the government actually cared about us, they would have green-lighted universal health care because we've been in a state and emergency. Well, some states have been in a state of emergency for a while, like two years. You would have green-lighted universal health care so people who have these $200,000 medical bills because of coronavirus wouldn't have to pay them. We're make, like, just, like, we're making hospitals very profitable right now. We are. And... It's not about a vaccine. If you actually cared for the American people, you would alleviate that debt. Anyway. By mid-February. We don't want to get overconfident, but they all look like they're going in the right direction right now. There's a so any shitlib media will always use Fauci as their golden goose egg, but we've already proven that he's a liar. So, on multiple occasions. And he is a, uh, a dog abuser who should be in South African prison. So A big caveat. Fauci predicting more pain and suffering in areas where fewer people are vaccinated and boosted. And Josh joins us now from the National Mall. So, Josh, was this protest against the vaccine itself or targeted more at the mandates? Well, they say it's about the mandates, but the speeches today were filled with misinformation about vaccine risks. And we asked rally goers whether they themselves. These people. Oh, sorry, my phone went off. These people essentially have the audacity to say that what other people are doing when they question the vaccine is misinformation, right? Because that's I, I listened to all of the speeches before the, the Park Service cut off the electricity. I listened to the speeches. There's nothing in there that's stating anything out of the ordinary. There's nothing in there that's 
trying to come at the vaccine. It's simply trying to come at the mandates. This guy has no idea what he's talking about. They, these guys release misinformation, like CNN, like the clip I just played for you. They release misinformation all the time, and they're never, never going to have their feet held to the fire because of it. Because they're paid by the establishment. Not going to happen. The independent party, while this is going on, while this type of media is being put out, the state-run media, we will never win. I'm sorry. We, would just, we just won't. There has to be a major, major general strike for an, for order, in order for us to have our voices heard. We're vaccinated. All but one of them told us they weren't. Kate? Keep in mind, I saw a poll of this uh, anti-vaccine mandate uh, protest, and it was 60% conservative, 40% liberal. It wasn't a one-party thing. They're trying to make anyone who goes here a anti-vaxxer who's right-wing, who's a threat to the establishment, who's like some sort of neo-Nazi whatever, right? That's not true. The, the data is just that it says that people are just generally sick of what's going on. And this isn't just in America. This is in Canada. This is in Australia because they're sick of what their government's trying to do to them. Very understandable. I'm a part of that. So kind of gatewaying into that i'm assuming you guys have heard about the trucking uh the trucker protest in uh the united states canada border in ottawa right where the um truckers kind of camped out because they're kind of sick of what uh trudeau is doing because he's trying to implement a health tax and all of this shit if you're not vaccinated so we'll, we'll listen to abc another shit lib news agency try to cover this. What started as a group of truckers protesting COVID-19 vaccine mandates called the Freedom Convoy. That's what they call themselves. It's snowballed now into sort of blockade in Canada for days. We've seen chaos in Ottawa. That's Canada's capital city, of course, as truckers protest the new vaccine order, which requires truckers entering Canada to be fully vaccinated or face testing and quarantine requirements. The protest has disrupted life for many Ottawans who aren't happy about it. Let's hear from some of them in our series, Your Voice. Take a look. We have customers that need their goods shipped, and they rely on us to do it. And we have customers in Alaska that rely on us to haul stuff back. We have customers in Canada that need us to ship. And um, I'll tell you that the frequency of... I love the uh, news anchors that are trying to find the people that are against us. Because it's fairly entertaining. There's thousands and thousands of dollars being donated for them to prolong their their protest and kind of camp out. Because obviously they need food and, and water and such things, right? It's fairly funny that they're trying to say, well, this is hampering the supply line. It, it, that, that might be true, but you're not looking at the bigger picture. If the, if the general concern here is the supply line, that's, that's a big fucking problem. Because if... You know, a thousand truckers camp out in Ottawa and it completely crashes the economy like they're trying to say. That's a problem. Okay. That's a huge problem. They're trying to vote. They're trying to get away from what the actual purpose of this protest is. The request since this mandate went into place has increased substantially. Can you get me a truck? Can you get me a truck? No, we can't, but we'll try. That's going on in Canada. I think it's infringing a lot of people's movements, freedoms. People are isolating way too much now, especially in Quebec. 
the mandates, passport mandates, it's too, it's too invasive. Uh, it just goes against everything that we have known as a, a democratic people. We have never known this being having passport mandates. I understand the pandemic, it, it, it has taken many lives. I, lo I love this guy right here. I love this guy. Obviously, I, I, pre I previewed these, uh, these clips I'm showing you. This guy is awesome. But you know what? There's no, there's no reason to lose my freedom as well. I think it's pretty, uh, pretty silly. Uh, I think that definitely it's been pretty disruptive to, to the community. Uh, to... This is my issue with the people like this, like this guy right here, because obviously he's against it. Calling a protest silly is ridiculous because there's protests I disagree with, but I support it because it's their right to do so. That, that literally, like it, you could, you could run on, I don't know, something really, really weird, right? It's your fucking right. Go right ahead. It's not silly whatsoever. You do you. I don't agree with it, but you do you. Have everyone nearby for sure. I mean, you can't lock up healthy people and expect them to remain healthy. Okay. So the children have not been in school. I personally believe that is wrong. Um, they sh we need to drop the mask, drop the mandates, and start living our lives again. We're fighting for freedom, my man. We're gonna keep fighting, Juno. You have nothing on us, Juno. We're gonna win. We're gonna win. We're gonna defeat you, Juno. Freedom, freedom, freedom! Hell yeah, brother. And these protests, okay, here's, this conversation. Here, here's when the shit lips come in. ...has gone viral. Let's talk about how long it could last, this blockade at the border. And what will it take to find common ground between Trudeau and the truckers? Kendra Hems, president of the Trucking Association of New York, joining us now. So, Kendra, bottom line here, the vaccine mandates are in place to help protect people against COVID. So knowing that, that this is being done for the safety of others, what's the argument? <laughs> yeah, okay, this is my argument right here. We locked up 110,000 Japanese Americans during World War II for the safety of others. And history does not look very kindly on that, as, as it should. I know these shit libs like to lift up FDR as the great president that he is, which he's not. We locked up 110 Japanese Americans for the safety of others. I'm telling you, using national security and our, our safety from each other in an argument is the greatest authoritarian talking point there's ever been because they love to milk it. Argument here for not wanting to adhere to a vaccine mandate. I don't think it's about not wanting to adhere to a mandate. I mean, from our position, drivers are essential workers. They were essential before the pandemic, essential during the pandemic. They'll continue to be essential following the pandemic. And during the height of it, they were crossing the border, um, serving a critical link to our supply chain. So the concern is we have not seen any significance or any data to show that there's, um, you know, a higher rate of uh, drivers contracting the virus or spreading the virus. They're, they're isolated by nature. So the concern here is that we are going to continue to put additional pressure on a slide the supply chain when we um, really need it, you know, can't, can't afford to do that. <laughs> it's, it's people like this that just really, 
really hurt to listen to because she said, oh, well, drivers are isolated by nature. So their point is irrelevant and they're hurting the supply train, right? I don't think their point is irrelevant when they have to cross the border and they have to quarantine for two weeks because they chose not to get a fucking vaccine and they lose money because they're paid by the mile, right? They have families to feed, but they're isolated, guys. They're isolated. Yeah, and Kendra, speaking from the American side of the border here for truckers who I know cross that border all the time, uh, up in Canada, Canadians, it seems, at least polls show, are broadly supportive of vaccine mandates. Over 80% of Canada is vaccinated. That, and the Can- that doesn't make you supportive of vaccine mandates. That means you're vaccinated. Eight, yes, 85% of Canadians are vaccinated, but that doesn't mean you're supportive of the vaccine mandate. That's misinformation right there. I didn't even see that in the preview. Or I didn't hear that in the preview. You just fucking lied and assumed. Canadian Trucking Alliance, I guess, estimates that 85 to 90% of Canadian truckers are vaccinated. So who's out there? Who's, who's as exercised about this? They've taken over downtown Ottawa. Uh, are these, you know, a minority of truckers? Or are there, are there other people with other beefs against the way the Trudeau government has handled the pandemic? Are they out there? Have you got a sense of who's out in the streets uh, shutting down Ottawa? I mean, honestly, I can't speak too much to the protest in Canada. It's a very different situation there than it is here in the U.S. We do not have a domestic mandate here. So, you know, by and large, our drive. Here's the thing. These guys are, they're Democrats, right? That's not like a controversial topic. That's pretty like set in stone. These, this news agency is Democrat, right? You're supposed to love protests. You're supposed to love protests. The Democratic Party is the authoritarian party now. Because being a actual Democrat myself, I, I consider myself very Democrat, they should be like, fuck yeah, protest. That's what I'm talking about. Because as a Democrat, it's power to the people. These people are not Democrats, they're authoritarians. Drivers are still able to work every day. Um, it's a small percentage of the overall driving population in the U.S. that does cross-border operations. And I think at the end of the day, it just boils down to people still wanting to have a choice. Hmm. So just looking forward, what do you think could happen next? I mean, we've talked so much about the supply chain and the back and forth of goods. I mean, this is really going to come down to consumers as well and possibly got, not getting the things that they need. Right, oh, absolutely. Yes. I think at this point it's the consumers because a thousand trucks are camping out for a couple weeks. The consume the fucking consumers. Oh my god. Not the consumers. It's the end of the world. The consumers. Yeah, these people are repulsive. It's a little too soon to tell. Uh, we're monitoring the situation. Um, but if it continues and we see increased congestion at the border or challenges with getting that freight delivered. You know, we are going to see an impact on inflation. Um, those loads won't be delivered. There's going to increase demand. It's going to increase pricing. Um, so it's not a good situation. <laughs> I love how all all the clips that they have shown of trucks so far. You can look this up for yourself. It's on ABC News. It's called Truckers Protest at United St- uh, U.S.-Canada Border Over Vaccine Mandates. Like, all the loads that won't be arriving all time. To- 
uh, on time, and they just panned to a huge line of trucks that are running Bobtail. If you didn't know what Bobtail is, uh, essentially means that they don't have a trailer on them. It's just a semi itself. So that's fairly funny. They don't got loads on them. And then in truth, the mandate, particularly as it relates to the trucking industry, it's just not good policy um, given the challenges that we're already experiencing in the supply chain. And, and you've mentioned, Kendra, that there, that there is no vaccine mandate similarly in the United States for truckers, these essential workers. You guys have, you know, really done so much, not just in the pandemic, as you point out, but really the lifeblood of our economy in many ways. But if there is, let's say we get another variant or some such thing and the government under President Biden or whomever decides the best way to protect us against it is a vaccine mandate for truckers who cross borders and see a lot of different people. Uh, do you think there would be a similar protest on behalf of the people that, that you represent and champion? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, it, I, it... I fucking hope so. I fucking hope so. Because I guarantee if something like that happened to me and I was a trucker, I would be out there the most erratic and loudest one i can it is a it. very uh volatile issue as we know um there's strong opinions on both sides as it relates to mandates um and, and i can't really say for certain whether or not we'd see a protest of this nature in the u.s we probably um, will. what i can tell you is a mandate would be devastating we already have a shortage of eighty thousand drivers across the u.s and anything <laughs> you know why drivers have quit right it's because people like this won't give them better pay they won't give them better pay during because they're they're running medical freight and they're scared of the mandates that are practically inevitable thing that we do to encourage more drivers to leave the trucking industry would have a significant impact on this industry to be able to do what it needs to do um, which, by the way, is delivering the supplies that we need to fight this virus. They are hauling the masks, the gloves, the hand sanitizers, the vaccines. Uh, so we really should be doing everything we can to make our drivers' jobs easier. Right, and that would be mandating them the least. If they're so important, this is exactly what happened to the medical field. We fired a whole bunch of medical workers because they wouldn't get vaccinated, then replaced them with unvaccinated National Guard. It's not, it is not about a fucking vaccine, people. It's not about a vaccine. Not harder. All right. Well, as I said, we appreciate the job all truckers do. Kendra, thanks very much for that. Thank you. So in contrary, uh, I, I am showing you this clip to show you how bad the media has gotten this which is state-run media it's it's pretty pretty fucking terrible like this is this is bad stuff there's people that what's shocking is there's people that still listen to this this is why joe rogan is so popular and they're trying to destroy him with that being said uh the newest controversy is uh essentially joe rogan now has a compilation out here out uh of him saying the n-word right or saying racial slurs in earlier episodes and um he addressed this he addressed this when talking about the uh this video of him saying the n-word and essentially what he was doing is he was using them in context so like example if you're reading to kill a mockingbird right like you remember the teachers that say 
the end when it's like, okay, ca- okay, class, this is a really offensive word, don't repeat it, and then they say it, right? So that's essentially what this is about. And he, you can listen to the podcast. I've listened to a couple of them. I found where it is, um, and I've listened to them. And he's not, he's not like addressing someone as this racial slur, but he's like reading like a Tarantino movie or something like that, right? So I'll play the clip. Keep in mind, there's a lot of bleeps because I didn't want to have a good like twenty seconds of my podcast just being racial slurs, which is terrible. So, uh, you'll hear, like, him talk about it and then say it and then, you know, whatever. So, I'll play it right now. Freddie said, Freddie is just like, dang, she's calling you a like this boy that he's and starts calling them word. There should be a word like, especially like the word, that's our about He says, guy, and they're saying, about to use the word, out the word, word. You couldn't say, so, as you can see, yeah, he was saying it on in his podcast, but if they were coming at him with this logic, that would make everyone who read To Kill a Mockingbird out loud in school a racist. And that includes your t- English teachers, they would have to release apologies. So, this obviously this word is terrible. Like, I, I don't need to give you guys like a history debrief on why we shouldn't say the N-word. It, you shouldn't say it. It's, it's fucking horrible. It is a, like the worst thing you can call somebody, but trying to attack someone because they're using it in a, I don't, I, in my opinion, it's not appropriate. I didn't, I, I was sitting there uncomfortably when my teacher was reading to kill a mockingbird and she was saying it and all the kids were saying it like when they were reading through pages. Right. But attacking someone because of something that practically everyone did 10 years ago. And I'm glad it's not appropriate now. Everyone was saying to kill the N word. Uh, I almost said to kill a mockingbird, but uh, the N word in context 10 years ago, they were like, it's just kind of fact. So I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Uh, I don't know how long this fucking episode has been. It's, it's probably been a while, but yeah, this is the current state of America, guys. I it's kind of crazy, and like I'm I'm telling you, I, I I said this on a different podcast. The more you read about the government, and the more this pandemic is, uh, I guess, the more we've gone through this pandemic, the more or the less we should trust the government and what the media has to say. Like, please, for the love of God, you can be for the mandates. You be you can be for the vaccine. But don't do it because it's the narrative, right? Don't do it because your buddies are doing it. Don't be doing it because CNN is for it, right? Think for yourself at the end of the day. I think that's most important. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm going to continue to make, out, make content as long as I'm on Spotify, which is probably going to be a short time. I know I'm probably going to have uh, the Shane Adams show is racist because he uh, tried to uh, forgive joe rogan for these acts i know it's the end of the world but i i that's my opinion on it. it's a terrible word but it's not fucking i don't know so all right guys it's been a pleasure i'll see you guys next episode i'm going to go eat raspberries shower and then go to bed so it's always a pleasure guys later